0: Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time for Let's Talk Real Estate, your weekly
1: BS with Barry Sawitz about the current commercial real estate market here in Southern California, as we take a no BS look at both sides of the issues driving the market today to find the best solution going forward with the man who, even in chaos like today, always has his eye on the future, Barry Saywitz. Hey, Talk good on. morning, Paul. Thanks for uh, having us back, and to all of our viewers and our listeners out there, uh, welcome back. we got another exciting day of real estate and other global uh, issues which have come to the forefront. Um, before we get started, I just want to say a shout-out for today's show to all of the innocent people out there in the Ukraine that are uh, fighting for their freedom. Uh, we believe in freedom, and uh, we're there with you. So with that said, let's talk real estate. Today uh, with me, our special guest is Juan Anda. Chief Financial Officer of WATG, a global integrated strategic planning architecture design firm. I think I got all of that. And I got to read this because this is the best title ever. I don't even know how you fill this in on a a business card. But it says, global finance, accounting, and information technology responsibilities include financial reporting, tax compliance, forecasting, treasury and cash management, banking and liquidity, risk management, and aligning technology. I might need two or three business cards for all of that one. Welcome. Welcome.
0: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's quite a bit. Wear many hats. Yeah, that's a full
1: day. I mean, that'll take you right through lunch.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Uh Well, thanks for coming on the show. I know you have been a longtime resident of Southern California. You have seen the growth in Orange County and the surrounding areas. And at the same time, your firm is a a global firm working in a bunch of different markets. So I thought it was really appropriate, especially in a week like this week, to have us talk about not only what's going on here in the local economy and the real estate market, but also other things around the world. And I don't know how we're going to top the CNN, piece that i saw last night where i saw a 70 year old retired economics professor in ukraine become a professional molotov cocktail (laughs) maker and then they asked her how she became that and she said i went on google so i mean anything's possible i suppose
0: true i don't think i can top that one for (laughs) sure
1: Let's talk a little bit of real estate. And, and I, I guess I want to start with so, I mean, your background, you've been here for a long time. You've seen the growth in Orange County, you've seen a lot of these bigger development departments. Your firm specializes in a lot of the high end hospitality and resort style developments. And Orange County really has grown quite a bit over the last 20 years. I'm just curious your thoughts on Orange County and, and where it's been and where it's going.
0: Yeah, thanks. And, and I just want to say thanks again. I'm really excited to be here. We've been trying to do this for, what, six months and finally been able to.
1: Yeah, I had somebody dance. camped out at your house and you're <laughs> never there. You're always running around. Exactly.
0: But yeah, no, um, a lot of exciting times. Uh, obviously, we just went through a tough period and we we'll continue to with the pandemic. But we're seeing a lot of recovery and opportunities through the OC market and globally, specific to what we do. Again, WTG is a global design firm. We have a strategy team, architecture, interiors, landscape planning. So we do really offer that integrated solution for our clients. We do about 70, 65, 70% of our works outside of the U.S. So very global. Within the Orange County market, though, we are seeing a lot of those projects that went on pause over the last two years come back, which is great news. A lot of those projects had started go through entitlement so we continue to nurture those through the process and, and collaborate with our clients and so we're seeing a lot of those opportunities come back on the hospitality side absolutely
1: when you say they got put on pause is that covid related kind of stuff where people just put the brakes on it
0: yeah exactly we saw several projects that um, were full steam ahead at the end of 2019 and obviously with the pandemic the hotel operators and the developers just decided to put those on pause but it was important to continue that entitlement process because we're now in a position to start actually building. Yeah, exactly. So that's great. And we're seeing a lot of new opportunities pop up to within not only Orange County but in LA. Yeah, I think throughout Southern
1: California, yeah. really. And we, we've had other folks on the show from a development perspective, and I'm curious yours. But their take was that look at a long term, Southern California is continuing to be a place for growth, continuing to be a destination and vacation spot for people around the world, if not just people with staycations going locally. So the need for resorts, the need for hospitality, the need for destination type stuff is going to continue to grow. I'm, I'm curious if that's your take as well.
0: Absolutely. That's what our client were sharing that vision as we were too, uh, looking at when we were hit with the pandemic and, and, and looking at what we wanted to do. How did we want to partner with them to get through with knowing the long-term vision and knowing the market here, uh, to your point? This is a destination, so we see this as a continuing growth opportunity throughout the Orange County market, not only from new build, but also renovation.
1: Yeah, renovation and upgrade, and then also, we've talked about on other shows, just repurposing assets for what would presume to be highest and best use uh, on a long-term basis.
0: Yeah, we're seeing a lot of that. It's it's interesting because people that weren't able to travel really started to tap into the local market like you know across the the globe where there was the staycation so the hotel and the resorts over the last year in particular did really well with that leisure that personal travel the business travel has not recovered as we all know That's still going to be a, a lag and a challenge as we look ahead
1: but you still have plenty of people i uh, have people in my own family are like, I don't want to fly. I don't want to get on a plane for many reasons. I'm just going to get in the car and do a road trip. And then they go. And whether that's 30 minutes just to get far enough away from your own house or whether that's, you know, six hours up and down the state or to the next state over.
0: Yep, exactly. And and being able to do that, that flexibility is, is something that I think was overlooked in the past. It gave a sense of urgency for these hotel operators and developers to, again, Look at what market they can tap into here locally to um, draw in more of that, the local stay.
1: Yeah. Look, uh, even recently, Disney announced that they're building a giant master plan development out in Rancho Mirage in the Palm Springs area. Mm -hmm. And that is a long term project with all kinds of resort style living and vacation and hotels and lakes and the whole deal. And then just the expansion here in Anaheim where they're continuing to look at uh, expanding the park and, you know, making more movies and, you know, that should be the indicator that everybody else I think should follow, which is that aspect of the economy is here to stay.
0: Totally agree. And that's why we're excited about the next three or four years and even beyond with all those opportunities. Uh, we saw the same thing where Disney shared their vision out and what they want to do in, in, out in the, the desert area there. So. That particular project there, it was also focusing on the 55 and over. Yeah. And so that's another area of opportunity for us that we think we can tap into and um, really bring the resort style lifestyle into everyday life.
1: And so when you start doing these strategic planning projects, right, and you're dealing with whether it's a uh, major developers or governments or funds or all the above that are involved in these types of major projects, I'm assuming that there is a slant to the development side, whether it is the urban suburban type of an environment, whether we're catering towards millennials, whether we're catering towards a business person that is either going to commute part-time or full-time or as you mentioned, the 55 and older. And one of the key things that I saw, and and it's prevalent certainly on your guys' website, and and you see it every day, is amenities, Mm -hmm. right? And different amenities for different folks. Uh, I guess talk a little bit about on the strategic planning side, well, you may not be the strategic planning expert, but the firm certainly must Mm -hmm. be involved and you must get feedback on what goes into planning a project and how do we try and cater to those kinds of things.
0: Yeah, it starts with our strategy group. So we have a group of economists that Look at feasibility studies as we look at uh, different opportunities within the projects. Talking to the clients, the developers, what's their vision? Trying to pull that from them and work with them with with our strategy to give them what we see that the opportunities could be, and that's where these amenities and these other lifestyle requirements or options are introduced into the projects. And then it's, from there, it's designing our talented designers taking that vision and turning it into a reality. And it's ongoing. I think. Whether you do it in North America or across the globe, there's different requests and different types of priorities, depending where you're at in the world, but with our strategy group and with our designers, we're able to put that together and offer a great solution for, for our developers.
1: And I think that brings in the environmental, the tranquility, the amenity, the outdoor space. I mean, it's really all the above, and the question is, what's my theme and what am I trying to uh, accomplish with presence of whatever I'm building?
0: Perfectly said. It's taking That culture as well, the local culture and the environment, meshing that together, that's where we really are passionate about is ensuring that we're embracing that as far as uh, not only the design, the aesthetics, but also the culture that brings into that design. It's something that we take pride in our design process and our solution.
1: And if you take that and apply that on a global scale, I know you guys have projects certainly all over the world, but in Asia and places like a Vietnam, where you wouldn't put that necessarily, at least from an American standpoint, In the top three destination places to go, you go and you look at the resort and it's, you know, like a place within a place, really. Not only does it capitalize on trying to draw people to that country or that part of the country, but it also is creating an environment that maybe attracts somebody that they want that type of vacation and no different, I guess, than the Middle East.
0: Yes, we I mean, it's all about drawing that experience and wanting people to come back and the guest experience but we like to use the the phrase lift the spirits when you're traveling you walk into an environment space that you you're drawn to you want to be there again whether it's in Asia or Middle East uh, where we do quite a bit of work those are all part of those design solutions that we love to embed into the, all the projects
1: I want to go take a vacation we're talking about it right <laughs> and so doesn't the same concept then apply if you're building a work live kind of a uh, project whether it's a mixed-use retail office living co-living environment or just a simple hotel and nothing simple but in the sense that I'm trying to create an environment where it's not just holiday and where I check into my room and then I check out
0: you'll see that in quite a bit more as far as is what we're seeing post-pandemic where the design and the developer and one of their the attributes that they're looking for is wanting to draw people in and stay longer because they have the ability to work remotely and make it feel more like a residential feel like you're at home but I'm able to still enjoy some of those amenities but also work while I'm enjoying some time not being in the house
1: yeah and I think the simple concept of that applies even to the building that we're in or office buildings uh, here in Orange County which is you're creating outdoor environments whether that's an outdoor eating or patio area or barbecue area or bocce ball or whatever it is so that you're not just stuck in the room all the time
0: yep we're seeing that that's going to be a challenge going forward as far as drawing staff back into the office we have a hybrid solution that we're working with they want that they want those amenities they want that lifestyle we see that continuing to grow that piece of those uh, continuing growing solutions for staff to want to come to work and make it a viable place for them to enjoy, to be
1: much easier to do in Southern California where the weather's nice so that you can have outdoor areas as opposed to Chicago or some other place where you can't go outside so easy in the winter.
0: Yeah. Uh, it makes it easy here being in Southern California. There's so much to offer, whether it's the weather or just the activities throughout. Yeah.
1: So I guess let's shift gears for a second, because in addition to the strategic side of the business as a whole, your offices are here in Irvine, right? You oversee the operations, you have office space, as you mentioned your own company is on a hybrid sort of a work schedule, if you will. How are you guys dealing with that? And what's the game plan if you have one going forward? Or is it just day to day in terms of trying to get people back in the office and get that collaborative environment? Or is, is it not necessary you can do it on a Zoom call or, or with email?
0: Yeah, you know, as everybody else, we were forced to go remote when the pandemic hit. We were fortunate enough that we had set our infrastructure up to be able to do that just through investment in technology. But we have realized that and we always knew that it's better to be together so we continue to try and encourage that it depends on where the office is located across the globe and particularly here in orange county we're encouraging people to come in on a hybrid schedule two or three days a week because when it comes to design it's it's best when you're in person to collaborate and there's also the mentor and and professional development piece and talent retention that you want to be able to keep that connectivity together with your staff and leadership. So it's an ongoing challenge. Just a, we're, we're no different than any other company out there that's going through this, but we're working through it. It's not day by day, but I will say we have a vision, but it's obviously contingent on what's going on with these uh, variants and the, the virus in general. But We're hopeful that we're getting past that in a more normal place like everybody else.
1: Yeah, Yeah. well, at least here in California, we'll see if the governor's order to remove the masks in schools and take one more step towards normalcy uh, holds in the next week or two, and we'll keep our fingers crossed. In terms of employee retention, in terms of hiring new people, how difficult or isn't to try and do that when you can't get them in the office every day and get them trained so easy?
0: Oh, it's definitely a challenge. We're seeing, um, as you probably heard, the great resignation term that's out there or just the volatility with the talent. There's a talent war out there, definitely employee market related. And when you're not able to onboard in person, that's another challenge. You know, again, being remote. And when you bring on new staff and giving them a sense of who we are, our culture, and introducing them if you're not able to do that in person that's it's definitely a challenge but we are again encouraging people to come in and even if it's not for a you know extended period at least to come in let's have lunch let's talk about your your career path your professional development so that they feel part of who we are as a firm.
1: Yeah, because when in the hiring, I mean, as an employer, are you dealing with the same stuff that I deal with or other people we've had in here. Uh, you're pitching your company, you're pitching the success, the longevity, whatever the growth, whatever the cases of the company to try and attract talent going forward. It's hard to do that when you just have no place to go. I was like, no, home. and so and yeah. I found that some people are fine to work at home, really don't care, and just want to pay a check, and it's all about the money. And then you have other people that are looking for a corporate culture, but then you can't fully give it to them.
0: Yeah, some people are comfortable with working from home, but I still feel that, and we feel as management, that it's still in the best interest to have people come together. For us as a design firm, we work best when we're in the same room, and I'm speaking obviously for uh, our designers because I'm not a designer. a
1: collaboration. Yet. I mean, you have to have that. No, no different, really, I think, than in a sales environment where you have that energy or that feed which we have on our side.
0: Yeah. You know, we have such talented staff on the design side that what they can do when they're in person And the ideas that they come together and just brainstorming and and it's it's the process is amazing and ultimately it's what generates these portfolio projects that we have. You can't replace that when you're virtual. There's an acknowledgement that that is part of what is at least in the near term reality for many companies that there will be a hybrid schedule. For staff, we're willing to work through that with our staff.
1: And do you find that the Southern California offices that you have more of a challenge, the same challenge as the other international offices that you have in different parts of the world or different parts of the country, or is everybody going through the same thing?
0: In general, it's the same issue, the same core issues, but they're a little bit different culturally. If you have, we have a London office, we have a Singapore office, Shanghai office, so. Everyone's a little bit different. There's a lot of diversification throughout our firm, as you can imagine, being global. And even, for instance, in our London office, it's an office, but there's so many different cultures there. And so their dynamics are different, for sure, And when it comes to identifying the right cadence for people to come in and um, the temperature for them, how often they'd like to come in, checking their temperature to say, okay. It's, it's all different, so we don't try yeah. one solution for everybody. But we also want to feel like we're one firm.
1: Yeah. I mean, as we say in our office, it's a challenge.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else yeah. to describe it. It's a prevalent word that we use right now yeah. when it comes to the remote work environment that we live in.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I guess let's shift that to the office space itself, because we have talked about it on previous shows, I believe. That on a going forward basis, there are a variety of different scenarios that an employer looks at, not only for his employees, but for their own productivity in terms of creating either different, newer, I don't want to say more efficient, but just, I guess, the the next generation of what does my office space look like? And you guys have a pretty big operation here in Irvine with quite a number of people and, and a big office space. How do you foresee need for space, the design of that space? Is it, hey, just come back, we're fine or do I need to sort of rethink what I'm doing in terms of the layout going forward?
0: Yeah, we're looking at all that, and it's interesting that um, people want to come back. Staff do want to come back, again, on a hybrid schedule, but the design of the layout, as you mentioned, there's more sensitivity to that. Staff want to be able to come back to their desk versus a hybrid, at least what we're seeing and feeling in some of our offices versus a hot desking. They want a place where they can go, okay, I'm going to be here. Again, with designers, they're more comfortable with that approach. Maybe in sales or something else, it would be a different a different uh, philosophy. But the design and the footprint, though, because people are hybrid, we're acknowledging we don't need as much space, office space. So we're working through that globally to identify the right size and footprint for us. We feel that there's opportunities for us to reduce our footprint as many other firms, and, and we're working through that with our negotiations um, with the landlords, and some are more receptive than others.
1: Well, and, and also, I mean, look, if you're staying in the existing space and trying to reconfigure, sometimes it's easy to do, sometimes it's not. You're in that business of designing it. Yeah. <laughs> you probably know better than anybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting, because we don't design offices, but we, we design But them. you know enough but we to figure out, That's hey, this little... doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Enough to be dangerous, yeah, as yeah. they say. Yeah, there's definitely more of a, of a request for collaborative space, more open space, so that sure. you can get teams together and, again, work on, on a particular project or idea. We see that, and we're going to continue to design as we move into new, new offices or redesign our existing ones. We're going to incorporate that into that. We're excited that... We think that we can reduce our footprint globally, which will obviously be a reduction to our our overhead and our costs.
1: So, yeah. I want to expand out a little bit. We got a few minutes left, but in terms of just the stuff that is going on, certainly the last week, a lot of. I don't want to say bad things, but certainly not positive things, not only with the war in Russia and Ukraine, but the effects economically that that's having on not only global things, but but certainly, look, you look at the stock market here, you look at the pressures of interest rates rising, you look at continued inflation, you look at government policy locally. And so what is your take on... You know, how all of those things from a bigger picture perspective affect Orange County. Certainly, the residential real estate market, the commercial real estate market for the most part, other than the office market, really just on a tear. And other folks we've had in here in the past have all basically said the same thing, which is they don't see anything stop in it, except in the last week you got a lot of bad stuff that I don't know. And so I guess I'm curious your opinion as to where you see, at least in the short term through the rest of the year, does any of this stuff really derail what's going on back home here in Orange County?
0: It's to be determined. There's always these events that happen globally that it can impact us here locally. What we're seeing and what the developers and, and our uh, clients are seeing is inflation. And that's impacting everybody to the point where the construction costs for them, as we go through the design process and they go and cost it, it's coming back at
1: astronomical numbers. Yeah, exactly.
0: So there's a lot of value engineering going on. (laughs) It's really affecting the viability of some of these projects, but we still feel that there's a solution there. It's just, it's a different, it's going to be slightly different model or, or product than what maybe they had envisioned. But keeping to that core, still trying to keep to that core uh, essence of what they want. But the the construction cost is definitely a concern. Also, I think just finding the talent or the availability to do the construction on the yeah, it's supply,
1: it's supply chain for not only supplies but for labor. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: So th- those are all impacting local projects, uh, whether it's Orange County or anywhere in Southern California. So for us. That's where we feel we add a lot of value. We're there to collaborate with our clients going through this, this value engineering process and understanding that there's uncertainty, for sure. When you have an idea of what you want to do, on the design and a, a solution for an, a resort or whether it's branded residents, whatever it may be. The reality of that it's going to cost a lot more is very much a common occurrence these days.
1: And it doesn't seem like that slows down the project itself. Like uh, I, I feel like the developer or whoever's behind the, the project uh, wants to continue to push it forward. It's really just a question of how that affects the final product at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, exactly. We're, we're still seeing the projects move forward, but it's taking more time to work through those solutions.
1: We just have a quick minute left. I guess I'll ask you, you know, as a, as a dad with young kids, w- what keeps you up at night and what are the kinds of things that you talk to your kids about in terms of what's going on in the world or, or you know, with dad's job and how that affects things? I'm just curious to final thought, what you tell your kids at the dinner table?
0: That's a great question because, you know, I have a 12-year-old daughter and a 9-year-old son, so they have a lot of those type of questions when they're at school and they hear things or they see it on the news. Obviously, there's an understanding of the volatility that's going on globally that we try and share and explain to the best that we can. But for them to just understand that, you made a point about it when we, when we started the, the podcast about freedom and, and having the ability to make decisions, we always share that with them is that's what we aspire, you know, for them to have the ability to do wherever they take their careers, wherever they take their paths and, and continue to be just good people having the ability to do that, we'll see you know, we feel it's there and it's confident the confidence is there yeah. in them. You know, affordability, those are other things that we talk about. And will they be able to afford a, a home, in home a, in or a car County? or anything, right? Yeah.
1: In our house, you know, we talk about being thankful for what you have in some things like freedom, some things like just the simple things in life of being able to go and do what you need to do or buy what you, the normal things you need to buy. You need to be thankful for what you have and recognize what's going on because gas could be six or $7 a gallon, cheeseburger at McDonald's. Uh, could be $12 pretty soon. I think it's 11 now. So those kinds of things, I think, you know, as a summary are, I would say there are certain things that are a challenge. Be thankful for what you have. Keep your head down and try and move forward. I mean, uh,
0: perfectly said. I agree. I agree.
1: Well, good. On that note, I appreciate you coming on the show, sharing your thoughts with us. Uh, much continued success to you, your company, your family going forward. Stay healthy and, you know, we'll, we'll continue to monitor how things go globally and then how that affects what's going on here back at home. For our viewers and our listeners out there, thank you for tuning in. Again, I want to say a big thanks to Paul Roberts and the staff here at OC Talk Radio, to our producer Sophia, for everybody who has been tuning in. We will be back here again next week to talk more real estate. I am Barry Sawitz, president of the Sawitz. Company and managing partner of Barry Saywitz Properties. And this has been Let's Talk Real Estate. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Well, there you have it. You've been listening to Let's Talk Real Estate, your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the current state of the real commercial real estate market right here in Southern California. On Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio, streaming live from our studio here at the University of California Irvine's Beal Applied Innovation Center.